0: Praise God for the gift of music. Thank you, Lisa Bond, and to your choir, and to the orchestra for um, lifting our spirits into God's presence today. Christine Hydes and I are preaching a sermon series in the season of Easter called A Collective Murmuration. Murmuration is that word given to the swooping, diving, fluttering flock of starlings at dawn or at dusk. No one is quite in the lead, and therefore, everyone is in the lead, coming to agreement about where to fly when by a network of consensus building, balancing both group cohesiveness and individual effort. It's an apt metaphor for the art of conducting, I think, Lisa, and it gives us a new way of thinking about the ebb and flow of melody and harmony in choir and in orchestra. No one voice is more important than another, but all influence one another. Our collective song becomes a murmuration in the direction of God's love. So today's short sermon, A Murmuration of Song, stands alongside the choir's now two years postponed performance of Schubert's Mass in G Major, to the glory of God and also in honor of our late friend David Honore, choir member and tenor. More on Schubert and David in a moment. Here now from the Gospel of John, chapter 21. After Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them in the boat, "'Friends, have you any fish?' "'No,' they answered. And Jesus said, "'Throw your net on the right side of the boat "'and you'll find some.' And when they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. And then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Thanks be to God for the gospel reading. Please please pray with me. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As Lisa pointed out, Schubert wrote this piece that they've been performing when he was just 18 years old. And so this piece serves as a reminder to young artists among us to take the biblical advice of 1 Timothy seriously. 1 Timothy says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Mozart, Mendelssohn, Shostakovich, alongside Schubert, are among the famous composers who also got their start composing symphonies before they were old enough to matriculate from Nutria High School. And if you permit me a more modern comparison in the music world, so too did Katy Perry, Billie Eilish, Justin Bieber, Stevie Wonder, Aretha Franklin, and Elvis Presley. So don't let anyone look down upon you because you are young, Schubert's Mass reminds us. But Schubert also reminds us to rely on those who have come before us, to find inspiration from the saints of light who illuminate the path, and to find broad shoulders on which to stand. For none of us do this alone. Schubert wrote this piece when he was 18 years old, and he only took one week to write it. But his father is the one who taught him music as a child, and his brothers and sisters are the ones who would begrudgingly agree to serve as his musical guinea pigs, playing through pieces of chamber music that Schubert wrote when he was in his early teens. So without them, no mass in G major. And the mass in G major did not arrive ex nihilo as if from nowhere. Instead, it is a variation on an ancient theme a modification to an established musical form, similar to a poet writing a sonnet or an ode. Schubert made brilliant, unique musical decisions in composing his mass, but it is still yet a mass. It is, the mass is a form that offers a scaffolding for his musical talent or a clothesline on which Schubert can hang his quick melodies and his unconventional harmonies. And the, the musical form of the Mass, the text at least is virtually unchanged from the fourth century to 1966 when the Catholic Church unleashed the vernacular and allowed us to speak in our mother tongue in the sanctuary, always containing the same text, always proclaiming, Lord have mercy, always praising God, glory to God, holy, holy, holy. And always, the Mass traces this ancient text of the Nicene Creed, I believe in one God, the maker of all things, visible and invisible. Maybe for some of us, the Mass feels foreign, literally in a foreign language, or in a musical style that feels distant from our own favorites, Bob Dylan, Willie Nelson, Lady Gaga, Beyonce. But here's what I know. Just as Schubert would have sought comfort in the mass when he read the newspaper reports about Napoleon fighting at Waterloo, or when he heard reports of friends dying of the then incurable typhoid fever or cholera, so too do we have the capacity to find comfort today in the mass when we read reports of a still unfolding war in ukraine and a global pandemic that refuses to let go we need the words lord have mercy as much as we need the words i believe and that's what i know about our friend david honore as well He held the words, Lord, have mercy, as close to his heart as he held the words, I believe. The song in his heart and the one pouring from his operatic tenor voice was tuned to the glory of God. David relied on the ancient language of faith like a tree planted by streams of water, rooted and grounded and prepared in harmony with the divine in a way that brought peace to each of us and brought peace to him, even to the last. David died before first light on the Monday after Easter, but I like to think of it as a long Easter evening some semblance of peace comes to me knowing that he found his way toward resurrection hope on the day of resurrection and for us David now stands in an unbounded ever expansive chancel alongside Midge and Joyce and Jan and Jean a heavenly choir of Kenilworth Union Church friends that have stood on these chancel steps over the decades a heavenly choir reunited even with John at the organ. And it has always been this way. It always is this way. Each choir performance, each worship service, each family gathering in an earthly way is always incomplete. An empty chair, a tenor part unsung our flock in flight, united across the veil with the murmurations of heaven, a murmuration of eternal song. At the end of the Gospel of John, Jesus appears to his disciples one last time, and it takes a few tries for the disciples to notice him. He calls out to them, he offers them wisdom about fishing, And they they listen to his fishing wisdom, but it's only when their nets are full that they remember him, that they recognize him. But today I'm thinking about music, and so I'll say this. I don't think the gospel has enough singing in it. Because if Jesus had sung to them from the beach out across the sea if he had just hummed a melody, if he had just whistled a tune, they would have known him instantly. Each of us here have walked alongside a friend or a neighbor or a loved one with dementia. And so we know deep in our heart that music lives differently within our bodies. Music lives in a place untouched by our own forgetting. So maybe that's part of why Schubert and so many others across the centuries have set the mass to song, have matched melody and message across the ages. English poet Percy Bysshe Shelley says, music, music when the soft voice dies, verberates in the memory. And last week during the sung choral Amen, I could hear David's voice there in an instant. And I had to turn to look at his place in the chancel. This sanctuary vibrates with his memory. And this is true for all of us, for we each carry saints of light with us into this place. May we be drawn today into the song of God's love by melody and memory that unites us. And may a holy echo remain here, vibrating through us. Amen.